Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners, ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. HomeThreads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets, to snuggle under for family movie nights, or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look. And some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com slash parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com slash parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads, love where you live. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline, the place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your host, Erin Royer. Today, I'm going to take a break from answering questions. I spend a lot of time answering questions on the show about social emotional skills, and understandably, because this is what parents of toddlers and preschoolers and even into early elementary school are dealing with day in and day out. And there's a lot of social emotional growth happening in these early years, and we all want to understand what is happening and guide our kids at their level and teach them to respond to us in more appropriate ways. But today, I'll take a little break from that and talk about the topic of early learning, working with our younger kids on developing their cognitive skills. We seem to be making some progress back in the right direction with this, especially during the preschool years, but there's still far too much pushing for kids to learn in academic ways too early. This puts them at risk for burning out in elementary school and damaging the rest of their academic career. However, young kids can learn and learn a lot very young, so long as it's done in ways that are fun, engaging, and appropriate for their age. So today I'll talk about how young kids learn best and how to engage them so that learning is interesting and exciting, building a base for the long-term enjoyment over their academic careers. First, I'll cover some basics, well, basically some introductory information, and then I'll talk about a few areas of learning, building early reading and writing skills, and some early math and science skills. So first, skills build upon and rely on each other in order for kids to be ready and able to move on to that next level. So as you will soon see from the day they are born, well, even before, babies and toddlers are building skills that will contribute to their success with reading, writing, math, science, and more. 
Now, pushing academics too early is detrimental to a child's development as well as academic motivation. So as a matter of fact, the AAP, the American Academy of Pediatrics, among every other child development expert I've ever heard discuss this topic, agrees to steer clear of pushing academics too early to teaching preschool-aged children in a typically academic manner. This does not mean preschoolers cannot be introduced to academic concepts like counting letters and letter sounds. These are all great if they're done through play and games and exploration. But things to stay far away from include memorization, desk time, sitting passively for lessons, and doing worksheets. These are what we consider academic ways of learning. Young children do not learn much this way. Children of preschool age and even up through seven and eight learn best through play by interacting with their world, trying new things, and discovering. Preschool years and even early elementary is when kids need to be learning and practicing social skills like turn-taking, compromise, conflict resolution, and relationship building. These are the building blocks for academics and life success in elementary school and beyond. These are the skills that studies show actually prepare children to be ready to learn and participate well in kindergarten and beyond. Now, I'm going to take a second to talk here about early elementary, kindergarten, first grade, second grade. It has become extremely academic, and I know that a lot of child development experts are trying to push back on that, but it's an uphill battle that we are just not getting through. The state guidelines are the state guidelines, and it's really hard to push back on those, but I know that a lot of child development experts are trying really hard to bring the play and the discovery and the problem solving and the social skills types of learning, putting more of that back into the curriculum in those early elementary school years. Okay, but even worse, exposing preschoolers to these traditional academic approaches I just mentioned don't just mean that kids aren't learning in developmentally appropriate ways or getting opportunities to question and develop their problem-solving skills, but research actually shows they have detrimental effects on children's later academic success. So a major evaluation of Tennessee's publicly funded preschool system found that although children who had attended an academic preschool initially exhibited more school readiness skills when they entered kindergarten than their peers who did not, by the time they were in first grade, their attitudes towards school were deteriorating. By second grade, they performed worse on tests measuring literacy, language, and math skills. Also, a 2011 study that was published in the journal Child Development found that preschool teachers who use sophisticated vocabulary in an informal classroom setting predicted their students reading comprehension and word knowledge in fourth grade. What does that mean? It means that if you or and or the teachers use advanced vocabulary with your toddlers, push their vocabulary, keep using new words with them, and the preschoolers and beyond, this expands their exposure to words through conversation and reading. This is what will increase their vocabulary, not things like the rote memorization and recall. Now, it always cracks me up when my kids use big words, and right now my six-year-olds are big into the word literally lately. Every other sentence, they literally use the term literally. Okay, I was trying to be funny. (laughs) I'm not sure I pulled that off, but... My eight-year-old has always had this sophisticated vocabulary, and his favorite word these days is predominantly. Most of the time, they use the words correctly. Sometimes 
they push the boundaries a little bit, but it's really fun to see them trying to use these bigger words that have been used with them. So how can we help our kids develop these skills without pushing them too hard, too far, too fast, or in ways that are just going to leave them bored or unmotivated to learn? So let's start with some reading and writing, and I'll move on to some math and science if I have some time. Okay, for reading, first, just some statistics to keep in mind. Children today read much less than children a generation ago. The average fifth grader today spends 33% of their free time watching TV and less than 1% reading. Children are not choosing reading as a free time activity. The average eighth grader is spending 21 and a half hours watching TV and less than two hours reading. And this includes homework time. So here are some general tips and ideas to increase that reading and therefore increase those reading skills. Read aloud to your child every day. Now, according to the National Education Association, reading aloud to children is the single most important activity in children's reading success. Kids are learning to love books and reading on many levels during these experiences. It's a bonding experience. It's special time together where parent and child are taking a journey together through story. Try to read books that are just slightly above their intellectual level. This builds vocabulary. Now, kids can understand language way before they can use it properly. Listening skills need to be taught, so encourage them to sit, but don't force it. And so long as they're in the room, keep reading. Have books available wherever you are, in the car, around the house, waiting for a seat at a restaurant. Allow them to stay up a few extra minutes at bedtime or nap time if they're looking at books. Let them choose the books, change the pages, and ask questions during reading time. Make up voices and sounds. Kids love this. If you read different characters and different voices and make the sounds in the story, this really pulls them in. Regularly take them to the library. Get them their own library card. Let them pick out books and also attend story times. Use extended learning. Now, these are building activities around books. So you could read about engineering or building and then build a block tower. You could read about dinosaurs and make a dinosaur habitat based on what you read using toys and materials you have around, blankets, Legos, or even make something outside in the grass or the bushes. Then they can play toy dinosaurs in this new habitat they created. You also can read books related to outings. So for younger kids, it might be about farming or where food comes from before a trip going berry picking or to the pumpkin patch. For older kids, you can read about an historic site and then go there. You could read about dinosaurs and then visit the Natural History Museum or read about space and visit an observatory or space museum. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. 
air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HIPAA 14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. My favorite thing about Armoire is all the different style and occasion options from casual to athleisure to night out, work formal, work casual, a total of eight different occasions, three weather options, and 11 categories, including accessories, outerwear, and blazers, just to name a few. With Armoire, you can always have something new to wear without the hassle and closet clutter. You know the feeling. You open your closet, it's full, but you have quite literally nothing to wear. You're bored with everything in there. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothes for every occasion. Whether you're planning your outfit for date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for a black tie event, you will be the best-dressed person in the room. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off the first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash parenting. That's armoire.style. A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash parenting to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Now limit screen time because screen time seems to have a reverse correlation with reading time because screen time tends to cut into the reading time. Also model reading, read for pleasure, read a wide variety and tell kids about what you're reading. Also, this is a big one, fathers should model reading when there are young boys in the family. We struggle with this one a little bit. My husband does not like to read. Now, luckily, he has said he will never say that in front of the kids. He will never let them know that it is not his favorite activity. But unfortunately, they really don't see him pick up anything to read. So the problem is that kids can get the message that only women read. Moms read to them, the teacher reads to them, etc. And there are some male teachers, but not a lot. Now I'm going to talk about how to work with kids in reading by age. So in infancy, during infancy and the first year, you want to start reading from day one. Now that probably sounds a little crazy and can be a little early, but as early on as you can after you've kind of gotten settled in and, you know, dealing with the bedtimes and the nighttime issues and that kind of thing. But reading gives good examples of solid language. So as early as they can, when they sit on your lap, you want to let them point to pictures and change the pages. Also, board books make really good early readers. They have simple sentences and they have bright, colorful pictures to match the sentences. 
While you're reading the story, you can stop in the middle and say, isn't this such a fun story? What do you think is going to happen next? Also, slow down. Kids need time, little kids, especially toddlers and infants, need time to make sense of the story and build up mental pictures. Now for pre-reading and writing skills, the development by age and how to support this development. By four to five months, you'll see that pincer grasp. This is also when babies can start feeding themselves little pieces of fruits and soft vegetables off of their tray. You'll see them start to use that pincer grasp, the the pointer finger and the thumb together. Um, This is the beginning of pencil pressure. So can he or she pick up the Cheerio? Self-feeding is a big part of developing that pincer grasp or grip for later writing skills. The first year is a lot of gross motor development of arms, the legs, the trunk. They're getting ready for pre-reading and writing, the skill called bilateral integration. This is around six months. The appointment with the pediatrician, they may ask, does your child pass an object from one hand to the other, meeting at the midline like clapping? Practice throwing, catching, and clapping. This builds that midline and crossing the midline skills. And of course, that self-feeding. These are all pre-skills for writing. By two, your child should be able to copy a line. By two and a half, a cross or a plus. And by three, a circle. By three, they should be able to draw all of them from a picture. Pencil grip may be more of a fist around the pencil or the crayon. By three to four years of age, you want to have writing tools available that are separate from art supplies, a separate drawer or an area if you possibly can. You want to have manipulation tools and toys available like braiding and sewing kits, puzzles, pegboards, sewing boards, clothespins, duplos, dress me dolls, play-doh, clay, bristle blocks. Preschools have lots of these tools on hand and have them worked into the daily curriculum. Many will have them readily available for kids to choose them during open playtime so that they can really work on strengthening the fingers and hands, that pincer grasp and the other uh, muscles in the hands that they need for being ready to hold a pencil or cut. Now, pencil grip should resemble more of a pencil grip now by three to four years of age. Don't make a big deal of it but you can show the correct hold. Ask them to put the pencil down and then put it back in their hand if you need to correct that hold or grip. Your child by three to four will start to show hand preference, but may still move an object back and forth for writing or cutting or for eating. You can teach them the first letter of their name, and you can even, if they're ready for it, teach them how to write their name. You want to have lots of writing tools available, paper, cardstock, um, lined paper, writing paper for them to use at their leisure, have it sitting out, a wide array of art supplies and locations, like the floor, an easel, a table, fine tip versus fat markers or crayons. It allows them to practice different grips. It's fine to let it happen at preschool as long as you know the child is at preschool where this type of thing is happening. But if you want to do some more at home or if you're having your child stay home during the preschool years, these are all great things to have around and have out and make sure that they are using and practicing with um, at least daily. 
you'll notice kids starting to engage in representational thinking. The use of an object for something other than its normal usage. So the banana as a telephone, the block as a building. This is the academic foundation, believe it or not, for letters representing sounds. It represents something, doesn't really look like anything, right? Letter doesn't look like anything if you don't know what it represents. So it's letters that represent a sound and numbers represent a number of objects. So it's symbolic representation. So when they use a banana as a telephone or a book as a hat, these are ways that they're showing they're starting to build the representational thinking. You can introduce upper and lowercase letters and sounds together. So you can do a letter hunt at the grocery store. You could paint them. You can find things in the house that begin with that sound. You could have them sit on something. A lot of preschools will do this. They'll sit on something and then they go around the circle and everybody pulls out what's underneath their little mat and somebody has the letter M and somebody else has the letter T and they all make the sound. Um, another thing's which is great that uh, preschools, I love to see them doing, is doing physical activities while learning sounds and letters. So hopscotch with letters or um, just jumping around to different stations and saying the letter and the sound that it makes. By the age of five, manipulatives are good to have on hand like tracing paper, spirograph, things that require more intricate fine motor skills. Pencil grip should be accurate and solid pencil pressure should also be happening by this age of five. I'm going to take just a moment to talk about tablets. So they have been finding that in recent years, kids are coming to school with less um, developed fine motor skill and they're, um, they're not ready to start writing. They're not ready to start cutting very well. And the studies have shown that it's because of the high use of tablets in toddler and preschool years. So when kids are using tablets, they're just sort of swiping and they're not developing those fine motor skills that they'll need for writing once they get to elementary school into kindergarten. And like we've talked about other things like the TV cutting into the reading time for kids, this tablet time cuts into time that kids are using these manipulatives to build those muscles that they need in their hands. So the Play-Doh, get out the Play-Doh, get out the bristle blocks, get out the building blocks, get out some Duplo, these other tools that will build these fine motor skills. Okay, so dominance, hand dominance will settle in around the end of kindergarten, the beginning of first grade. Um, which is helpful for teachers who are trying to teach and practice writing skills with these kids that they're not passing the pencil back and forth. It's helpful that kids are having a dominant hand that they're always going to when they write so that they're always practicing with that hand. Um, in grade school, it's common for kids to be tested for visual motor integration. So there's a concern that if handwriting is a struggle or if shapes and letters don't look like what they're supposed to, that kids will pull back from writing and drawing due to frustration. So um, a lot of schools will test for this visual motor integration to make sure that that is there. And if it, the kids are falling behind, they want to get them caught up so that this writing and drawing doesn't become too much of a frustration and the kids start to dislike it and fall further and further behind. Okay, I'm going to take a few minutes 
and go into some math. So math has changed quite a bit over the years. Today, math is less about computation, just adding and subtracting. It's more creative. It's analytical and flexible. Kids are learning higher level cognitive skills and flexible, creative problem solving from the math curriculum today than I don't know how old a lot of you are, but I'm an older parent, so definitely more than I did. We just did a lot of adding and subtracting when I was in school and, of course, measuring and those types of practical things. But kids today are not just solving problems. They also must explain how they got to the answer and how the underlying math works. So group and classwork is much more common so kids can learn from one another. Now, because of this shift, math in preschool and kindergarten is about a lot more than just the numbers. It's about labeling and matching and equivalence and balance, money, one-to-one correspondence, sorting, grouping, classifying, measuring, time, space, proportion, design, patterns, and shapes. That's a lot. So I'm going to talk a few minutes about the development of cognitive skills that relate to math and how to encourage this development by age. Then I will get into some fun math activities you can do with kids either during school breaks to keep them sharp or any time to keep practicing skills. Okay, so math skills development by age. So age two to three, large single piece puzzles will build problem solving. So these are like four to 12 piece puzzles. You want to use single directional words such as in, on, near, far, over, under, inside, outside. Your teddy is on the couch. You can also play what we call the bunny in a cup game or whatever stuffed toy you happen to have that's small enough to fit in a cup. So you take a small stuffed toy and a cup, put the toy in the cup. My bunny is in the cup. Can you put your bunny in the cup? Now my bunny is on the cup. Now you put your bunny on the cup. Now he's behind the cup. So you get the idea. This teaches the directional words. It builds an understanding of how to use them properly. Around two to three, kids start to recognize shapes. So you can do activities and games with shapes like shape sorters. They also begin to understand sequencing as in big, bigger, and biggest. Two to three-year-olds will display arbitrary correspondence. This is that random counting, like counting an item more than once in a group or counting using numbers in a random order. This is the sign the child is learning one-to-one correspondence. It's a great sign. And this will usually sort itself out by around the age of four. Also, they should be able, by the age of two or three, to follow two-step directions. So two-step directions by age two. Pick up the ball, hand it to me. Then three-step directions by three. Pick up the ball, bounce it once, hand it to me. Now, to sharpen and expand this skill, you can play the crazy directions game. Go to the front door, spin in a circle, pat your tummy, jump up and down, go. And then as they get really good at it, you add more and more directions on to the end. By age three to four, kids recognize and use quantities, as in some, more, a little, and a lot. They develop a sense of time. They use yesterday to refer to anything in the past. My son used to use last week a lot. Or they'll use tomorrow for anything in the future, and they may start to say, what day is it? My oldest used to say for the whole world, which basically meant forever, from now forward, for the whole world. (laughs) So you'll start to notice and hear how they reference the past, the present, and the future in their everyday language. They can sort objects by single characteristics like color, 
or shape or size, not by more than one, but by one of those. Um, They can count to five. They can notice and compare similarities and differences. So you can have conversations around comparing and contrasting different items or groups of items. You can teach words to describe quantity, like length, size, many, few, long, short, big, small, gigantic, etc. They can identify larger versus smaller groups of objects. They can recognize simple patterns and predict what comes next, like red, blue, red, blue, red, blue. Um, Sorting and grouping games are good for building these skills like hi-ho cheerio, dominoes, memory, or bingo, um, and other matching and finding games. Now, I do have a class on the website for early reading and writing where I continue on with more tips and ideas and guidelines for increasing reading skills from toddlerhood through elementary. I realize I only got through that first 18 months or so of working on that reading skill. So in the class, it goes on past that 18 months, um, all the way up through elementary and even some into middle school. Then I also cover more ideas to encourage and keep writing fun from preschool all the way through middle school. And then in addition, of course, there is a class on building early math and science skills where I continue to share about the development of skills up through the age of six and ways to encourage and support this development as well as another list of great fun math activities and games by age. And this goes all the way up um, into the tween and teen years. I also cover the same for fun ways to teach about science and science concepts. And you can find those two classes at yourvillageonline.com under the education section. Another class related to this topic is finding a preschool. So if you are curious about all the different types of preschools out there, what they mean and how to start approaching that monumental task, you can see that class on the site at yourvillageonline.com also under the education section. Now, next week, I'll get back to answering some questions from parents. And if you have a parenting question you would like answered, please send them to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.